0: Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. It's
1: been a tough offseason for Razorback Athletics, a couple of former stars, the second all-time leading passer and now the second all-time leading rusher, both passing away in tragic accidents. Brett Bielema recruited and coached Alex Collins and uh, was kind enough to join us to talk about his former player. Brett Bielema joining us in the zone, and Coach, appreciate the time. I wish it was under different circumstances, obviously, but uh, you know we were all shocked this week with the passing of Alex Collins. It's been, a honestly, as I'm sure you're aware, a tough summer for Arkansas fans. There have been a few significant losses in the Razorback family, but uh, when we're talking specific to Alex, certainly appreciate you coming on to visit with us about him. But what stands out to you? What are the things that uh, you know you remember the most about him?
0: I was fortunate enough to spend you know, five years there as a head coach and, and met a lot of former Razorbacks and obviously coached quite a few and the guys that have went on and done great things after I left. But I can promise you there isn't anybody that enjoyed being an Arkansas Razorback more than Alice house Um From the time I first took the job, um, I had recruited him for a couple of years at Wisconsin. And, uh, truth be told, he was probably heading there and then, um, when when I made the transition, I, I reached out to him and made him and his family know right away that we were going to continue to recruit and hopefully get him there. And from that point forward, but when he finally said yes, there's nobody that enjoyed more time there than Alex.
1: What was special about him as a player? What stood out about his ability as a running back?
0: You know, uh, it was very easy to see. started recruiting him really in his sophomore year. Um, uh, he had the one thing that, uh, you know, obviously all running backs have to do, he had the ability to see things and make adjustments but i would say some of the things that he did naturally uh as a a ball carrier, just his counter steps his skip reads, his his ability to sideline skinny and take the angle um uh when he unfortunately passed the other day i think one of the obligations i have is to share his story with as many people that don't know it right and and i'd actually used film of alex when i'd recruited several running backs here to illinois and and um we were talking a lot about early down runs, and, and I, I was at the end of my presentation, and I just showed our guy the play against LSU was a second and ten, second play to second quarter uh, when we were fortunate enough to beat LSU at LSU, and that was a play that gave us, I believe, a 14-point lead at the start of the second quarter, and it was, it was a big day in Arkansas history. But uh, for him, it was just kind of a routine run. He, he broke free, uh, took an angle. Uh, and then ran for that pylon. There was a guy that was actually, I think, the 27th pick in the first round DB out of LSU that was trying to catch him and couldn't get him down, And, and that's just kind of Alex in a nutshell. He had the ability to make physical plays at the line of scrimmage, but when he got in the open field, he could also finish that run with a score and He routinely did it and gave a a lot of success because of it.
1: So a couple of near misses then. So luckily you came from Wisconsin to Arkansas, and then we all remember the signing day story. Obviously we don't have the details you did, but uh, I don't know how much of that you're willing to share, but it was obviously a bizarre turn of events on signing day. Everybody was a little bit puckered around here, and I'm sure you were too. But what are your memories of that moment?
0: You know, uh, honestly I wasn't concerned because I'd been with him the week before. Um, uh, As a head coach, you're allowed to go one time uh, to uh, a player's home. Um. Um. When I was at Alex's home visit um, in an area of Fort Lauderdale, I probably uh, at that time, you know, had been in a couple of times recruiting certain kids. But we were kind of wrapping up our call, and he goes, "Coach, you want to take a walk in my neighborhood?" Because you're asking me to come to yours, right? And and I kind of laughed, and we took off down the street. And he and I just walked probably about two blocks, and turned around and came back. And along that walk, you know, we said hi to some people. Um, some of his neighbors, and he said, "Coach, I wouldn't want you to walk this walk without me." And, and that was just kind of Alex telling me, "Hey, I'm going to come join you, but I want you to fully understand where I'm coming from." And, and from that time when I left that home, it, that I knew he was coming to us. I knew there was going to be some some things. His mom, who loves him to death, and, and his family, obviously, you know, had a set of plans for him. They wanted him to kind of stay closer to home in Miami, and I get that. Like, you can never take away, you know, a, a, a young man and his love for his family, but. I think Alex recognized that going to Arkansas would give him a chance to grow, right? And that's ultimately what he did. And, and you know, I, I, I know that uh, there was a lot said about that day, but actually, Charlie Parker, I give Charlie a lot of credit. He he suggested we send two two sets of NILs because he was worried something might happen to one of the uh, documents <laughs> if it got in the wrong hand. So, ironically, we had another set of papers waiting on him, and he just kind of had to. Walk through that moment with his family and fortunately signed with us soon thereafter and the rest is history and you know as much great things as about Alex to remember on the football field it's moments like that uh he and I had a good story too about that not only why it was happening but for years to come after and uh even to my last visit at his house when I went down there after his third year of playing when he was trying to make the decision between staying another year and could really rewrite the risk history books from the SEC rushing record uh, to going in the NFL. And obviously, he made the decision to jump to Seattle. But well, the night of his passing, John Snyder, the GM, and I, uh, John FaceTime me about 11 o'clock that night. We just shared Alex's stories about his time together with all of us. And, and just he just left such an impression on so many people.
1: Yeah, no doubt. You know, I was I was going back and looking through his history, Coach, and obviously, you know, the numbers speak for themselves, his performance, and I think the lasting impression he left with a smile and his attitude uh, is left with people, too. He got off to an interesting start. Uh, you know, again, you guys have won a huge recruiting battle. There was so much anticipation about him, and he had had a few runs, and then he goes and scores his first touchdown at War Memorial, and right out of the gate, Coach, he got in a little bit of trouble. You remember that play pretty well, I'm sure.
0: That was uh, at his best, man. He was always going to push a limit. Um, I really believe he was just so caught up in the moment. Uh, you know, I, I, I got a, a call from uh, Chris that uh, obviously track coach there at, at Arkansas, and he tells the story that Alex was there on his recruiting visit, and uh, they had won a, a, a championship, and, and he literally got in the middle of the track team and called the Hawks, right? I remember yeah. at the Catfish Hole on his recruiting visit, we were kind of all just watching to see how he was going to handle everything, and He literally got up in a crowded restaurant and called the Hogs, right? Like he just, he wore his passion on his sleeve. He was incredible in so many ways. uh, Believe me, I had a lot of great conversations with him. had some difficult ones as well. I always say as a head coach, you grow at more moments of of tough conversations than you do in in easy conversations because they come from a place of love. And I I loved him like uh, no other, but um, he gave a lot of love back, right? Like there wasn't. Anybody. I heard from uh, so many players that day. I I, I remember I called Jay Will and Raleigh because those guys shared the backfield with them. I reached out to Joel Thomas right away who coached them, and and, uh, I heard from a lot of players that day. I heard from academic people. I heard from administration. I heard from people that touched us live in the NFL, right? I I called uh, Coach Harbaugh and and, uh, the Seattle Seahawks when I found out. I literally was on a Zoom call and I got a, a message from Doug Gatewood, his high school coach, who was instrumental in his life, and his wife Bethany were really, really close to him. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was, I saw that text come through, and I'm like, I had not talked to Doug in a while, and he said, just reach out to me. And then I literally went inside and I came out of another meeting and I saw a voicemail from Sam Pittman. So Sam had reached out to me, and I just, I just had this uneasy feeling, and then I made that call to Doug, and that's when I found out. And obviously, we all dealt with it in our own unique ways.
1: Yeah. Um. So, so I was also referring to the the first touchdown he got a he got a celebration penalty, which was kind of cheap, oh, by yeah. the way. I went back and watched the video again, and you said he would never get another one. Did he ever get another one in his career? I don't remember.
0: I I don't think so. <laughs> um, I, I think he took that moment and ran with it. Uh, you know, he got famous in the NFL. He he uh, uh, actually Doug's daughter was in Irish dance lessons, and yeah, that's what started that whole uh, Irish jig that he got going on. And and um, you know, he was always. In the moment, um, but he's also a very reactive player, uh, a guy that handled it and reacted to his emotions. Uh, my guess is that first score was going to be a penalty, whether I want to believe it or not. I think he <laughs> had that gas in his mind. So um, those are the great parts about being a part of his history. He was a big-time recruit out of Florida. And to get him to leave Florida, to come to Arkansas, what did that mean to the program later on? You know, uh, obviously each recruiting story is its own story. Um, I remember when I took the job at Arkansas, I, I walked off stage and, and called uh, Hunter Henry, who was right there in Little Rock, right, and talked to his mom and dad and explained to him about why we wanted to have him come and be a part of it. Obviously, it had legacy there, but, you know, then you turn around and make a phone call to Alex and let him know that his offer here at, at there at Arkansas was still good from the one I gave him at Wisconsin. And I knew, you know, right away from, just being around Alex the previous two years, that that he really believed in our system and what we did, and for me as a head coach, I built up a pretty strong relationship with him and, and the people around him. But I knew we had to assure him and his family that he'd be all right there, and uh, I had a, I had a pretty good feeling if we did what we're supposed to do, and he saw what he saw. And uh, the more you know, Arkansas was new to me too, man. You know, mm-hmm. so I kind of had to learn everything on the run, and uh, fortunately, it ended up all working out. And uh, you know, I, I I I know that decision when he left a year early was a tough one, but is one that gave a lot of detail and a lot of, a lot of thought into and uh, meant, meant so much to so many people on different levels. We're talking with Brett Bielema. Uh, Coach, I think of his smile, you know, when I think of Alex Collins. And, and that smile, <laughs> I've heard stories that got him out of a lot of trouble. Did that smile work on you? Yeah. Uh, I would say, you know, there are times where, um, you know, obviously we had to kind of be a voice to him that he didn't want to hear all the time. Um uh, his his uh, high school coach Doug and I had literally talked on a daily basis. Uh, you know, one of the things that I shared with my team, uh, you know, I've, I've, his first Pell Grant money. This was way before NIL, and we all know how much Arkansas loved him. He would have been a big NIL guy uh, if that is mm-hmm. the case back then. But he got his first Cell Grant check, and he, he bought a motorcycle. Right, and um, Doug and I had a conversation, and, and, and I said, "What do we do?" And he said, "Coach, you got to talk to him. You're there." to listen to you right and I, I i talked him into trying to get him give me the keys and and i think i might have had him for a little bit but he probably had another set to be quite honest and he he said he parked it you know he'd never taken a lesson on it and uh, you know ironic moment in that whole thing is just uh, trying to protect him from himself you know um uh, but i would say that smile it, you know it was so so infectious contagious my mom and dad um uh, he would always go up to him at the catfish hole, or a radio show, or whatever it was. Uh, he would pop up at different Arkansas events, basketball games, women's volleyball games—you name it—he was there. Uh, my wife and our our, my family immediately like he just always came up and gave them an embrace. And he was so lovable. When I called my wife and tell him the other day, it wasn't it wasn't an easy communication. So just yeah, it was. You know what you said—the thing. You know, unfortunately in this lifetime, I lost a, a sister early on in my life when I was 19 years old, and one of the greatest things the pastor said to me at that time is always remember him from what you had together, not the ending. Right. So this was a very quick and abrupt and a sad ending, but for 28 years, he gave so much life into people, uh, for, you know, the three brief years at Arkansas, he had an effect that I've literally in my, you know, 15 years, the head coach, not, not seen many guys be able to do. Right. And that's what we've got to remember. Always live them in the moment. I promise you, anytime I, have a story that involves him and it relates to anybody I currently have. I'll I'll, I'll always tell them the story about Alex Collins and what he did because he he has such an immediate and and strong impact on people that, that, that can't be forgotten over the last 28 years.
1: Talking to Brad Balema again uh, here in the zone on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. Uh, let me shift if I could, Coach. Just a couple of football questions, if you don't mind. We're getting ready for the upcoming season, and you know, again, with some of the things we've been through, football almost seems irrelevant. But uh, coming off an eight and five season for you guys, and three t- three games where you guys lost by a touchdown or less, so very close to having a, an incredibly special season. How are you feeling going into the fall?
0: You know, I, I like this group. Um, we got a we got a good group of returning players. Uh, as you mentioned last year, eight five. We started off seven and one, and then unfortunately uh, down the stretch, uh, weren't able to close it out. I think we really emphasized to our players, you know, why some of those things could have happened. And as coaches, we really looked at what we've done. Um, you know, I, I think in general uh, we're built on some of the same principles I've always believed in. We have probably a pair of offensive linemen that might be the best guard tackle tandem and uh, best, best guard tackle tandem in, in in college football. They're really strong, really powerful, very athletic. Uh, we have two DNs that. Uh, literally have been nominated for every award known to man, and that, so the root of our program always starts up front with the O-line and the D-line, and now we got some skilled players. i got a couple of running backs that are very talented. We've got a QB transfer uh, out of Ole Miss who's kind of been uh, doing a lot of really good things. Excited about where he is. Uh, our best, uh, uh, our third best O-lineman is probably a kid out of Mississippi that I really learned to recruit that state when I was at Arkansas, so a lot of carryover into where we are now, and Excited. We have a tough, challenging open. We got Toledo, which uh, is a, a good program, picked one of the best in the, uh, in the in the MAC, and could be a defending MAC champion title. We go to Kansas, who obviously you guys know a lot about. they return returned a lot of really good players, and great quarterback. So, a definite challenge in front of us, but one we're excited to have.
1: Yeah, speaking of non-con, I was going to ask you, too, obviously in the Big Ten you guys play a nine-game schedule, and there was a lot of debate about going to a nine-game schedule at the SEC. They decided for the time to stay at eight. Do you like a nine-game schedule where you only have to schedule three non-cons, or, or do you prefer an eight?
0: You know, uh, when it comes to scheduling, they don't ask football coaches a lot of questions, <laughs> right? They, you get handed that schedule. Um, I love the Big Ten. I love the you know it's a, it's a conference, very similar to the SEC, a lot of pride. Uh, when there's a lot of divisional play, a lot of things come into it. Um, we're through this is the last league the last year of divisional play before we add USC, UCLA, Washington, and Oregon. So times are changing in a hurry. Um, obviously the SECs had added, added, uh, uh, Texas and Oklahoma. So college football is changing. Um, my guess is to get everybody on the same page, whether it, you it know, goes from eight to nine. And I've heard the possibility of even 10, I think everybody will be getting on the same page college football is changing in so many ways, every moment, every day, new news, new way of doing things. And, and, uh, the great thing is, I think as a head coach, you got to embrace where you're at, take advantage of the things that you can, um, maximize your strengths, minimize your weaknesses, and enjoy the day. And I I absolutely love every day here at the University of Illinois working with the people I work with. Um, you know, unfortunately, because of Alex's news, it was a great reminder to me. I probably heard from 30 to 40, maybe close to 50 players over the last two or three days just just knew how much they loved him, how much I loved him, and, and brought us all together together. Um, you know, it, it was great. I hadn't talked to Jay Will in a couple, probably almost dang near close to a year, year and a half, and talked to him, even though it was a bad situation. Raleigh Williams, uh, you know, Kay Rich. I have a couple former Razorbacks. I have Kevin Richson who was a same classmate, same class uh, with Alex, that's uh, now here is with us on defense. Uh, Grant Morgan, uh, who uh, was very close with, with Alex. Uh, Drew, who played for us there as well, was, him and Alex were extremely close. So Grant spent a lot of time with Alex growing up. So, uh, Tank Wright, my head strength coach, was a former player at Arkansas. Now my head strength coach, one of the best in the country. Uh, just, just a lot of great ties uh, to, to Alex and a lot of people that were affected by this week's news. How about a non-conference game? Illinois-Arkansas? How about a bowl game? That'd be fun. <laughs> yeah, you know, we got a game scheduled with Missouri. Um, these games get scheduled so far out. Um, I actually thought last year, the way the bowl season was playing out, uh, there might be a chance of that. Uh, you know, in obviously still talk with Sam, know a lot of a lot of people in that building still and uh, communicate Dan Eno, so I think the world of the OC back there, right, I'm just so excited for him and the opportunity that he has there, and uh, you know, the things that, that are in front of him. And Sam's a tremendous person, tremendous coach. It's not surprising to see the, the success he's had. So, obviously, a lot of good wishes that way, and uh, we'll never know how these things play out, but, uh, you know, really appreciate the time and always love my time at Arkansas I look forward to uh, cross and pass with other with people when we can.
1: Can I ask you one last thing about Enos, Coach? Just the, the things that uh, stand out to you about him as a play caller and, and an offensive mind?
0: You know, you know, Dan, if you really check his resume, the ability that he's had, the influences he's had on, on the signal callers, the quarterback history, the players that he plays, I believe at one point there were three, if not maybe four quarterbacks that he had during his tenure at Michigan State that were in the NFL um, and, the, and the longevity of it. It's just crazy, the impact. And then as an offensive play caller, uh, you know, I've now seen him grow when he was at Maryland. I know when he had time in Miami, uh, a really, really good ball coach. One of my true uh, joys of being around uh, while I was there at Arkansas. Him and his wife Jane are awesome, awesome people, and you know, him and Sam obviously shared a little bit of time together. Obviously, it must have felt good while they were there. There's not a lot of times where, where people get brought back where, the, where things didn't work out, right? So, it's, it's going to be fun to watch that unfold. I know you got to very talented offense, and you got a quarterback that, from what I've been told, I haven't spent a lot of time studying him, but is a great player. And I think for Dan's influence on him, he'll see the rewards of that in the future, not just this year, but for his lifetime in, in football.
1: For sure. Coach, thank you for your thoughts on uh, Alex Collins. Really appreciate uh, your perspective, and also uh, good talking a little football with you. Good luck this fall. I appreciate you very much.
0: I appreciate it, gentlemen. and ILL. We'll an All right, take Thanks, care. Coach. Thanks,
1: Coach.